Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. The Ad News Pubcast, the podcast that celebrates the industry's penchant for a sociable drop and a chat. Hi, and welcome to the Ad News Podcast. This will be an upfront special for us here at Ad News, and we'll be discussing everything that went on from 10, 9, and 7. Joining me to discuss this is Peter Vogel, CEO of Wavemaker Australia and New Zealand, and Philippa Noileitani, who is Sydney's trading director. Thanks for being on, guys. Hi, Josh. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for having us. Um, look, we're going to start off with just a quick summary of what happened during the amazing upfront season that was 2018. First and foremost, we'll kick off with Nine, who proved a little bit that consistency was key. Um, they doubled down on a lot of their uh, great shows from this year, which included uh, Married at First Sight, Ninja Warrior, and The Block, which performed consistently. But obviously, one of the big ones was Love Island moving to the main channel. That was a huge announcement. And then I suppose from the interesting point of view was, you know, the advertising key part was... Nine Galaxy, which was this self-serve SMA platform, which is going to allow people to buy directly from Nine and direct ad space, which is an amazing opportunity, I suppose, for SMEs in that growing part of the world. Uh, Over at Seven, we had the amazing announcement there that they've tied up with News Corp, uh, another another tie-up. Who would have expected that coming? And also, they announced that they would remain very strict on their non-compulsory sign-in strategy, which I'll obviously be discussing with you both in a short moment. And then over at 10, it was very much the announce of All Access, and it was very much as well showing that CBS is here and they're part of this company. So I guess the first question that I'd love to dive into is, what did you make of uh, Upfronts this year as a whole? And then we'll talk about each one. But yeah, I mean, you've... How many upfronts have you each done? That would be the uh, the first question, I suppose. It's going to give away my age and my years <laughs> in the industry here, but there's there's been quite a number of years that um, you know the upfronts have been on the table and have been a, a big kind of moment for the back end of the year. Um, I think what's really strong about this this year in particular is. I think they're very, they've been very complementary. You know, mm. they're more varied than I think, and I think it's really clear that there's a really different role that each of them play, and and really different strengths that each of the the networks have kind of brought to the table. Um, what also is really really nice is the synergy between, I suppose, you know, what PV or Peter Peter Vogel and I kind of work on at Wavemaker being media content and tech business is that each of the networks have a very future fit approach to 2019. And Peter? Uh, for me, it was really interesting because I was out the country for three years in Asia. Uh, obviously, I'd been to a lot of upfronts before that. Uh, and I returned this year. So it was wonderful to see what, what the TV networks were doing. Certainly what I picked up is there's a lot of excitement uh, around TV again, which, which is 
absolutely great. I, I think um, it's great because I think it will be, uh, draw more uh, investment into the channel. Uh, and they're not just talking content. They're talking content, the use of data, technology, uh, catch-up services, and also trying to carve out uh, a, a clear position for themselves in the marketplace. So I, I found it uh, absolutely interesting uh, and, and yeah, really, really enjoyable. Do you both get tired of it yet? That's just an off-the-cuff question, but, like, how many of these do you – I mean, like, do they keep putting on the show as well as, like – because this is my first year, and uh, they put on a hell of a show. Is it – you know, do they consistently build on it year on year? It's, uh, it's actually quite funny. I mean, I think this year, I think each network kind of found the balance of the right length. Yeah. Um, and there's kind of a bit of a running joke, um, you know, with, with the people that I deal with at nine on a daily basis and have very strong relationships <laughs> with. But, they, you know, there's a lot of talk about the six-hour pres- six presentation they did a couple of years mm. back and that, you know, there's potential that they'll never never yet live that down. Um, so I think they got the balance of, you know, the length right this time. Um, there's so much talent and you know, captivating content that kind of keeps us engaged. So absolutely not. It was is engaging. It was exciting. It was refreshing. And yeah, bring well, on, bring on 2019. Well, you mentioned nine, and that's where we're going to start because mm-hmm. they started the whole thing off. Um, I suppose what was the standout points for you guys? I mean, obviously, you know, as I mentioned, there was the SMA platform, um, and there, I don't know if you guys agree. I thought for me that that was a very much showing of consistency, and that they had a I'm going to use a block pun here, mm-hmm. but they had, you know, a very good foundation to build a, a house upon. So I suppose, yeah, what was the thoughts on that? Look, I, I think, you know, Channel 9's had a really good year this year. Um, and I think they, they their approach at the All Fronts was, was a great all-round approach. Yeah, they've got great consistency in terms of their, their content, mm-hmm. but put a lot of focus into into data and then also uh, trading platforms uh, for the media agency. So it was really sort of doubling down on addressability and and automation, which which I think you know um, for advertisers and marketers certainly you know getting the right audiences at the right time, you know in in engaging content is absolutely key, and also you know for us to to trade in a more efficient way. Uh, to ensure that also, you know, our delivery and our performance is is more consistent is, is great. So, yeah, I, I think they, they did a great all-round job and, and certainly, you know, are not only focused on the content for next year, but uh, new and innovative ways to trade going forward into the future. Brilliant. And Philippa, what was your sort of, I guess, thoughts on nine? Yeah, I mean, I think from the opening minute, bold and confident were the two words that kind of stood out for me. Their message was really, really clear. Um, as Pete kind of said they've had a really strong year and I think the message around tried and tested commercially friendly content was heard very loudly from the room and I think you know why fix what's not broken and you know they've got so much content there that has worked incredibly well and is incredibly integratable for our clients and the partnerships that we want to kind of develop out Um, and also to kind of build on Pete's point around um, you know I suppose more ease of transaction with the lights of Galaxy I mean we use Galaxy across most of our Sydney clients now and 
it's it it you can see how how easy it is from a transaction point of view compared to how it was you know manually transacting on spots and it allows our teams to really focus on on what can drive value beyond just the admin I suppose behind you know putting ones in boxes so I think I've got a really strong tech and data proposition um, and it's promising to to hear that they're going to be building on that brilliant and I should clarify it's Voyager which is the SME one is that correct correct yeah so uh, I've yes. obviously made a mistake there early on but <laughs> that's fine I, I guess um, just before we move on to seven. I, what are the thoughts on Voyager? I mean, this is a category that is growing significantly. I mean, we've seen, um, I won't bring up competitors, but there's another <laughs> holding group that's done something with SMEs. Um, you know, how important is this market as well? You know, like how wise of a decision is this for nine? Um, yeah, just a little bit of your thoughts on the SME market. Look, I mean, I think firstly, I mean, most media owners are, are going into, you know, some self-service service platform Mm -hmm. obviously you know google and facebook the tech companies have it so i think it's only natural uh that other media owners would would start looking at this i think from uh, a channel nine perspective i mean what what is interesting is hopefully it will bring new advertisers onto television and obviously you know as as a as a channel or media uh, that is always, you know, the objective to to grow um, revenue so they can produce, you know, even better content. So, I think uh, the good thing about it is, you know, giving the opportunity to to maybe businesses that otherwise wouldn't have had access to to television advertising to be able to to get involved. Brilliant. Um, I suppose we we'll dive into seven uh, now. This one for me. Um, you know, this uh, non-compulsory signing, uh, this was a bit contentious. It, it definitely split some people down the middle. Um, I, I mean, overall, what did you think of Seven? And then I'll come into non-compulsory. But I suppose, yeah, first thoughts on Seven. I mean, from Seven, I mean, from a content perspective, um, I mean, they're obviously going and, and kind of building on their quality drama capabilities mm. that we know Seven deliver so well. Um, and to see another production coming from Bevan Lee in 2019 is is really promising. Um, so Between Two Worlds coming is is something that we feel will, you know, continue to deliver strength for Seven. Which looks fantastic. It does well. look fantastic. Um, you know, and that can kind of buy, combined with, you know, Secret Bridesmaids, Mrs. Fisher's Modern Murder Mysteries, um, and Australian Gangster. Um, it's, it's very clear that drama is a key pillar of, you know, Seven's content in mm. 2019. Um, and then I think, you know, from the, you know, to your point around data capabilities um, and kind of non-compulsory um, sign-ins, I think they're making a very clear statement that they want to stand for something and that data privacy is, you know, is real and it's a consideration. Um, but obviously there's, you know, pros and cons of, of both routes to market, I suppose. Yeah, I think that was sort of the, the big thought that I had, which was this drive for addressability. Is, it, it, you know, it, it has been one of the big things of 2018. And to say, well, look, we're not going to force you to sign in is a huge line to draw in the sand. I suppose, does that help progress the addressability for them? Or what does it do? I mean, obviously, with addressability, the more the more data you got, um, the easier it is to deliver. <laughs> sure. Um, I suppose, I mean, you know, all the upfronts, there were, there were a couple of unanswered questions. And I know, I mean, data is, it is, you know, a very sort of contentious issue. Mm. There's been a lot written about data, data breaches this year. So, yeah, uh, at the moment, that that's certainly their standpoint. I suppose, 
you know, what they would need to do is is to look at their their um, their other media types or the partnerships that they're developing, like the 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 one with news, mm. uh, and and see if they can start leveraging other sources of data to bolster. Uh, the, the amount of IDs that they have because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, more addressable uh, um, content is, is, is the future. And this is going to be my uh, little tricky question. Uh, the News Corp tie-up, is that signs of things to come? Or what did we think on that? Because obviously, uh, just, you know, it's quite, you know, timely, I would say is the word. But uh, yeah, what was the thoughts on sort of that News Corp tie-up with Seven? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, the Navigate Auto proposition is really strong. I mean, anything that kind of brings the scale of two local Australian businesses together like that can only be an incredibly positive thing. Is it a sign of things to come? Absolutely. Yeah. Will it Will it just be Seven and News? I'm not sure. Seven have made it very clear that they're open to partnering, you know, where and where and when it kind of suits and what makes sense. Um, I think the key for us with Navigate Auto is making sure that it really truly is a bespoke solution for our clients rather than kind of off-the-shelf packages um, that kind of launched as partnerships throughout the year. So, Yeah, and I think that, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but obviously sorry. I think that that's quite a, uh, this auto sort of proposition is quite interesting. I mean, sitting in the room, I sort of thought, how would this work for clients? Where are the best opportunities for you to take this to clients? I suppose, you know, not overall thoughts, I guess, how are you going to approach clients with this and how are you going to, I guess, explain it, you know, and, and make sense of it all? I mean, I, I think you can take a step back. I mean, I think what we've seen this year is uh, a lot of media vendors uh, re-looking at the way that they engage with clients uh, and with, with agencies. And I think, you know, uh, for us, it's fantastic to engage uh, with people that have deeper category experience because then you can have a, a much more robust conversation to develop, you know, really uh, great solutions, integrated solutions for for clients, as opposed to you know just engaging with a vendor who wants to sell you some some ad space. So, so I think you know the the benefit of of that type of type with news in the auto category. I mean, we see that for another a number of the tech companies that have category specialists, uh, and that is that is what we need. Um, you know, not only from a, a holistic solution perspective but also from, from better category insights. Okay. And I suppose, um, you know, I think Seven this year, uh, this is just my opinion, but obviously mm -hmm. I think Seven had a lot of talking points that, you know, may have left people in the room thinking a bit and, you know, what, what does this mean for the future of the business? Um, you know, how are they going to, I guess, as well compete with Nine and Fairfax, which is, you know, not yet mm -hmm. signed, still delivered, we know, but uh, it's looking positive. I suppose... For seven, what, what what did they really say? Because obviously, I may have jumped in front of you know you guys and said that nine was consistency. I suppose what did seven say? Like what what did, what was their sort of message for you overall? I mean, I think for them, I mean, you know, sport is obviously something that they're investing in really, really heavily in the fact that they've got an all year round sport proposition with a strong female domination in there to kind of really drive up gender equality, I suppose, in sport as much as they can, as well as, you know, um, just, you know, the standard AFL, you've got the women's AFL, you've got, you know, cricket, you've got the women's cricket. Um, and they've had, you know, really strong numbers kind of coming through on the, you know, the, the initial women's games, which is really, really positive. Um, but I think that combined with the content lineup with the drama 
um, that we know Seven delivers, as well as you know their properties like that. You know the tenth series of MKR is going to be massive, and I think there was you know there was a lot of talk at the upfronts of this big black box that they spoke about during the upfront mm. session, and they kind of had this big reveal moment at the end. And I'm not sure that you know MKR was the big reveal that the room was expecting, um, but to be honest. It's a property that works incredibly well, not only for Seven, but also for clients who, you know, to align to it. So, um, to again, to my point before, you know, why why change something that's not broken um, and why not leverage a brand while it's still hot property? So, um, yeah, I mean, what just building on what Philip has said and, and sort of an observation from my side is certainly uh, I think they were, they were focusing on local quality, uh, you know, appointment viewing. Uh, and as as Philippa said, you know that's not only across their their, their big sort of um, ten pole programs like My Kitchen Rules, but it goes into you know some some great local drama, some new local drama, and then the sports. So uh, they also talked a lot about their news uh, and and sort of the, the trust in their news broadcasts. So I, I think you know if I look at their focus, it was you know local strong quality programming, you know, that, that people will will sort of uh, make a point of, of viewing. And I suppose you've mentioned news there, and yeah. it would be remiss of me not to mention Seven News, which is this new online platform that's obviously come as the end of the partnership with Yahoo. Um, and there were some bold promises made by Clive, and uh, he's good for bold promises. He's, <laughs> you know, he is the digital digital man. Um, but I suppose, what did you make of that promise to, you know, accelerate it so quickly in six months? I mean... You know, I know that they've got the numbers there and they've got people who are engaged with their news, but six months, is that a fair number? Uh, what were your thoughts and what were sort of the takeaways as well from that announcement? Yeah, I mean, I sure, I mean, it was definitely a bold announcement. Mm. You know, time will tell whether that number is a realistic and a deliverable well, number. We six s- months will tell, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> six, six months to precise. Um, you know, I, I certainly hope it, it is a number that they can deliver because I think, you know, regardless of whether they hit that number or not, bringing another news platform is always, you know, is always strong. And it's, it's again, it's a trusted news source um, leveraging, you know, Seven's reputation in market for delivering content that people trust and want to engage in. So it, it certainly can't be a bad thing. And I, you know, I hope that they can deliver the numbers that they strive to. Brilliant. And I mean, I suppose, was that something that you sort of sat there and went, this is a good opportunity or did it feel very much like they, oh, sorry, let me rephrase that. <laughs> I suppose... Did it feel like something when you saw it, it really jumped out at you? Or did you think that that was a natural progression for Seven, I suppose, with the ending of the partnership that they previously had? I mean, absolutely. I mean, it is a natural progression. You know, news is is key for them. They also, you know, in, in Seven West, uh, that they have a number of other sort of, you know, journalists or news sources. Uh, and and yeah, I mean they have to they have to make a step forward after after the Yahoo Seven partnership. So absolutely, I mean it, it, you know they need they need they need the next step. Okay, I mean and uh, just put on my best American accent and say let's network ten. Let's talk network ten. Um, but seriously, they. Um Oh, they had some. Sh- I didn't know Grant Daniel could sing, <laughs> and I, yeah, Julia Morris. I mean, what a great! Sh- it was a it was a show. It's I, production. Mean, I thought it was a production. Um, I didn't know the Bondi vet. We had so much tap. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you learn so much. I mean, they they they're, they're missing out. They're- a lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. They should be touching their talent for, you know, just everything else. But um, I suppose, again, what was the key takeaway for Tan? I'll dive into some other stuff a bit later on. But I guess, yeah, what was the message that Tan really gave out for you? I mean, I think that, you know, what came through really clearly was this is a, you know, it's a fresh new look and feel. Mm. Um, you know, everything they kind of spoke about through content, through rebrand, through, you know, multi-channel strategies. And can I say, do we buy the rebrand as well? Is, I love this, a, the, is this a true rebrand for the Channel 10? If, if, if anything to go, you know, if the, if the new logo up on the, the building is anything to go by and the speed that they kind of got that up there, then, then yeah, absolutely. They're, you know, they're investing in it and they're, you know you know, plans to deliver it. So, yeah. um, yeah, I do. I think it's, I think it's fresh. It's, it's colorful. It's bright. It's, um, you know, there's definitely a stake in the ground to kind of return to that under fifties audience and provide a complimentary audience. So, yeah. I mean, I think yeah. they they had to come out bold. I mean, you know, obviously they, they haven't had, you know, a good time over the past couple of years. Um, obviously, you know, the, the CBS, um, acquisition, and and they did. I mean, they had to make a statement. So, so I think yeah, a sort of great new branding. Uh, they also had to put a, a, a stake in the ground, you know, in terms of the strategy going forward to to focus on on uh, a slightly younger audience. You know, have that that sort of wild voice. Um, so yeah, they certainly did that. I think you know, there, there's a lot still to come and a, a lot they still need to clarify. Uh, but I think they have made their, their intentions clear and certainly, you know, this show sort of uh, certainly underpinned that. And um, this may sound like a silly question, but I'm going to tap into your wealth of knowledge and experience here. Um, there was discussion uh, like about the, the makeup of the business, you know, there was a lot of internal discussion. Uh, Rod got up and discussed, Rod Prosser, I should say, chief sales officer, got up and discussed the makeup of the team and how that would operate. I suppose for me, was that something that is normally discussed at Upfronts? And what did you sort of make of that very, not content-based, just very hard business-based part of the of the Upfronts? I think it was the biggest unknown going into the Upfronts. So sure. you know, obviously working with you know as as part of MCN over the last year, that you know there's there's tools that we know, there's people that we know. Um, so I think it was the right time for Rod to get up and talk about his team. Um, and what that kind of intent is there. And, you know, there's been some exciting announcements since then as well around what that sales team's looked like. And it's nice to know that they're putting, you know, real heavyweights behind um, bringing this new brand to life. Brilliant. And sorry. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I suppose, you know, it, it sort of does raise the question, you know, what, what is the objective of the upfronts? I mean, obviously, you know, it, it is the one time in the year that they can bring in, you know, a lot of uh, clients uh, there. So, 
Yeah, I mean, maybe in days gone by, you know, it was just about the content that they were they were going to deliver uh, the following year. But but yeah, I mean, I think there is a lot happening in our industry, and so they have to take that opportunity, you know, in 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 a time that they have all their stakeholders together to talk a bit about their strategy or, you know, what what they're going to offer in the future. And I think you know, uh, seven, nine, and ten all did that. Yes, they 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 did focus on their content and their strong local content but they all then uh you know gave some indications in terms of certainly you know what what their their new positioning would be about you know what their data strategies are about uh or you know a bit about new partnerships so yeah i suppose it it, it has become a a bit more of an all-encompassing uh opportunity to yes you know majority of the time focus on content but also talk a bit about their business going forward and uh, I think one of the burning questions was, um, there were people from CBS there. I mean, I had a conversation and, uh, you know, it was fantastic. But I suppose, what did you make of the CBS influence? You know, did you feel that they're going to be heavily involved now? I mean, suppose what was your takeaway of CBS being there? Yeah, I mean, I think if we look at, I mean, their involvement levels, if you look at just even the rebrand, I mean, mm. I think 10 have been quite vocal in saying that it was 10's in-house design team that kind of built that rebrand and created that. So they've obviously still got the freedom you know, uh, you know, to, to deliver brilliant kind of local solutions for advertisers and clients alike. But I think, you know, I think CBS's influence will be strong. That, and I think 10 would be silly not to leverage, you know, the, the juggernaut that is CBS and the expertise and um, the skills that they can kind of, and that global view mm. um, to kind of enhance their local solutions. So. I think CBS mm. certainly gave them the confidence mm. uh, on the night. I mean, I didn't necessarily, you know, see any sort of made in influence from, you know, a content perspective. I mean, they very much focused on all their, their local content and certainly, you know, uh, uh, other local content that came out of Pilot Week that they're going to sort of um, expand on. Um, so, but I think, you know, certainly the one thing CBS did give them was, was that confidence on the night. I mean, and it's hard not to dwell on tens upfronts too much, but there was so much going on. I think uh, Pilot Week is that—is that going to be something that attracts your clients going forward? I, no, I'm just going to ask that question. You know what? <laughs> Did you think that it was, you know, a, a good idea to bring it back? I suppose. I mean, I think you know, time will tell. Mm. Um, you know, you've got Carl. I mean, he—you know—he's—he's he's obviously sort of. Uh, a well-known personality in in Australia, so I'm sure that he will attract viewership. But but it is, you know, uh, with any new TV format, uh, there's always risks, and I think that's why all the broadcasters, you know, you know, when they come up with a recipe that really works, they really try work it, refresh it, keep it going for as long as possible, because there's always, uh, I suppose, a bit of risk with with new programming. You know, hopefully, I mean, we, we want, you know, we want good uh, local programming. So, you know, uh, we certainly hope that, you know, some of the things that come out of Pilot Week do become successful programs. But, you know, uh, your guess is as good as mine <laughs> in terms of, you know, the actual success that they're going to happen. Well, and let's I think, not talk about my guessing. <laughs> yeah, and I think, you know, I mean, you know, what clients are looking for, you know, is, is you know, certain certainly um, some sort of stability in terms of sort of viewership, less volatility. So I think, you know, people will take a bit of a wait and see approach um, mm. with, with some of that programming. Mm. And I suppose the other side of that coin was also all access. 
um, which, you know, obviously as a subscription base, not that interesting, right? You, mm. you could care less, throw it out the door, like I don't mind. But uh, I suppose one of the things that sort of was mentioned was that 10 Play still remains separate. Um, instead of integrating the two and having sort of one singular app, you've got 10 Play, 10 All Access, I guess in similar to what 9 may have with Stan. But I suppose it's, at this time, it's wholly owned by 10, you know, All Access or CBS. But I suppose, what did you make of keeping that separate? Was that sort of the decision you expected? I don't know if I expected the decision, but I, I'm not surprised by it. And I don't think it merits this, the level of controversy it may have landed after the upfronts. Mm. Um, you know, we, we were kind of having a bit of a chat on, on the way here about that. And I'm, I don't think it's, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing at all. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to cannibalize the audience. I think if you look at, you know, the people who are using Stan, for example, versus the people who are, you know, really engaging with Nine Now, they're not necessarily the same people. Uh, and, you know, if they were to put something like The Bachelor first runs on, you know, on, on 10 on their linear channels, on 10 Play and then 10 All Access, I don't think that's that's a massive barrier. And I think the point that, you know, potentially what that does is is engage people who connect, currently aren't engaged with, you know, something like The Bachelor to, to come back on and watch it at a later point. Sure. You know, so you don't think there'd be some advertiser concern or something like that to say, well, look, you know, it's free over here from subscription base, but the addressability advertising's over here on another. Like, is there I any? Think, I think they've got to be careful with it, but I don't think it. Yeah, I, I just don't think it deserves the controversy that potentially and that you know, the wariness it has in the market at the moment around cannibalising the audience. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I you know, I I think I, I'm not surprised that they they separate. I mean, you know, all access is a. a completely different product to, mm-hmm. you know, to 10 Play. Uh, you know, All Access is, you know, a subscription st- streaming product. It's not an advertising platform. Uh, and, you know, uh, certainly what 10 Play provides and all the catch-up services is, A, an opportunity for, for viewers to obviously, you know, catch up on the programs that they might have missed, but also for the networks to monetize that, Um so absolutely, I think you know keeping them separate is you know makes sense. They're different uh, propositions. Okay, I mean, look, I mean that's sort of the general summary of the upfronts. I'll uh, just dive into a few fun and boisterous questions. I hope. <laughs> um, I guess any controversies. Was there anything sort of that you went, or you tilted your head? <laughs> Apart from the patch between Tracy Grimshaw and uh, Roger Corsa? Yeah, that was interesting. I, I didn't can't. know that that was a love affair. I'm so, I'm so entwined in that. That's Ronda and Katut for me, by the way. That's, that's... Can't quite uh, unsee that one. But... <laughs> <laughs> or Kurt pulling off his dax as well. <laughs> yeah, that too. Uh, I, I mean, I think, you know, Love Island on the primary channel is an interesting move um, and obviously quite different to the UK strategy um, where it kind of still remains on the digital channels. So um, I think, again, that that fits very much with, you know, the bold and the confident stance that Nine had. Um, and I, again, I think it's a bit of a wait and see, but it's a really bold move. Um, and we know that it was an incredible success where it was placed. Can um, I ask, though, because obviously they had certain clients that I, I think wouldn't maybe you disagree, but that probably wouldn't advertise on a main channel. I think uh, there was a couple of, you know, women's fashion brands that were very much targeted towards that younger demographic. There was no doubt about that. I suppose, are they going to get the... Yeah, I mean, if you, I mean, if I suppose it comes down to the role that Love Island's going to play for Nine, though. So they've got they've got so many properties that are integratable and, and commercial and client friendly. 
Uh, I think if you look at the role that Love Island played for them this year, it wasn't necessarily around commercially friendly content that they wanted brands to engage with. And and what they did was they was able to create that social buzz and social hype and, and deliver a really strong um, younger audience on their you know their catch up services. So um, I think it comes down to the role that Love Island could play. I think it complements their much more commercially friendly content nicely. Mm. I suppose yeah. Yeah, I mean nothing nothing uh major controversial from our side. You know, I think all of them we've 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 got, you know, certain things to to wait and see how they play out, you know. Uh be it um you know 7 plus uh and and not collecting data, be it sort of, you know, channel 10's, you know, automated uh, uh trading platform. So I think a, a lot of it, you know, still has to has to play out. I mean, I suppose not not controversial, but the, the good things are is is to see all three networks really investing in in local good local content. I mean, we need you know we need three strong uh, local broadcasters. Uh, they seem to be all investing in certainly in in some great content, uh, and then also offering really great integration opportunities for clients. You know, mm. there's a lot of talk about you know ad skipping and that kind of stuff, and I think there is a recognition that really you know they need to bring brands uh, and provide clients with opportunities to 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 get uh, closer to the content and and into the content. And I suppose this leads very nicely into the next question was, is there anything that you didn't see that you were hoping to see? I mean, for me, it was uh, for, for me, it was what I didn't see was a new genre really come through. So, okay. you know, there, there was, it's been alluded that the new genre kind of maybe in the States or the UK has been gaming. And, mm. you know, a lot of what we've seen over the last 12 to 18 months has been very much, you know, in reality space, it's been about food, it's been about renovations, and it's been about dating or romance. And we were kind of on the seats to kind of go, you know what, is there something new going to come? Is there something fresh? Um, and I'm not sure that there has been. Like, if you kind of look at Seven's new yeah, proposal, multi channel, super sweet. Well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Seven's multi channel with food. You've yeah. got more food, you've got more renos, and you've got rom- rom- more romance. Um, you know, as long as there's the demand for it and it's, it's you know, it's, it's not worn out. You know, again, why change it? Um, but that's probably the one thing that didn't come through is this, you know, this new genre that that might have landed. Do you agree or disagree? I mean, what's yeah, the... yeah, absolutely. Um, and as I say, I mean, you know, uh, consistency is, is foremost in their mind. So you've got to sort of stick with 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 what works. But yeah, I suppose absolutely. You know, one is always looking out for for those new genres. You know, tapping into to other you know consumer trends or consumer interest areas aside from the the food renos and and romance and i mean there's so much to sort of unpack from these upfronts and obviously it's so little time and obviously 2019 will really tell what that means but i suppose you know there's new multi-channels there's love island obviously having its success there's new buying platforms there's everything but i think it really boils down to one question which is what does that mean for TV going forward? Is it still the channel with the best reach? Is it still the one that you've got to really tap into? And I guess, what did the announcements this year say about TV going into 2019? I mean, I th- I think uh, it, it's all really good for TV. Mm. You know, I think certainly, you know, uh, Think TV has, has done a good job at sort of uh, raising the profile of the medium. I think there's also, you know, um, there's also a swing in the Australian market back to 
uh, branding. I think, you know, we, we've gone through a, a period of a lot of more retail, performance-based advertising. And I think people have, have come to the recognition that they need to start reinvesting in the brand. And, you know, television is a fantastic medium to to build brands, you know, or, or, or get that sort of brand engagement and that brand love back again. And I think, you know, TV is doing a, a great job at modernizing um, the approach. You know, I think, you know, the addressability side is fantastic, you know, being able to to deliver your message to, you know, smaller, bespoke uh, audiences uh, is is fantastic. And I think, you know, it, it will certainly help um, certainly the, the television medium going forward. I mean, it's like uh, it's for, for that exact reason, you know, that we've uh, as a group also launched Finecast because we need those 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 quality, discreet audiences uh, uh, to to engage with. From my perspective, I'm still a bit of a, a bit of a quote from something my one of my team members said this week. But for me, I think it's really exciting times. And and what um, Hannah spoke to in our team actually, and I hope she doesn't mind me sharing this, but is you know there's been a lot of talk over the last kind of couple of years that digital is this new shiny toy, and it's it's what media agency staff want to kind of get their hands on and understand. It's what clients want to engage with. It's what brands want to kind of get involved in. Um, and you know you've kind of seen these, you know, the old traditional mediums, if you, if you so will, is, is not as exciting, is not as sexy. But I think the advancement in, you know, in, in TV and some of the other, you know, more, you know, traditional mediums, if you will, um, is incredibly exciting. And it shows that, the, you know, they're future fit. And it puts a little bit of shine back on, you know, what TV can deliver for our brands, not only in building brands at scale. Um, and we know that that's something that they've always been able to do. But exactly to Pete's point, being able to do new things that the medium hasn't been able to do in the past is is something that I'm really excited about and quite passionate and and leaning into. Amazing. And I suppose final question, which is probably going to be annoying (laughs) because it's limiting words. But I suppose, can you guys sum up, I guess, 2018's upfront in just a few sentences? I'm allowed to have a few words for each. Can I do three words yeah. for each? Could, does I, that work? I mean, that definitely works. <laughs> that, that's probably brilliant. Let's All right, let's go nine, bold, confident, future fit. Love let's it. go seven, home of quality, Australian local drama. And let's go 10, fresh, new look and feel. Ooh. And I'll go general uh, for <laughs> yeah. television, uh, addressability, automation, integration, and strong local content. Amazing summaries from both ends. I suppose... The only other thing is, is there anything that we haven't touched on that needs to be mentioned? You covered it off well, Josh. Oh, that's brilliant. There we go. Very it's, good, Josh. I Bring think, on 2019. That's exa- And I think as well, one point to make as well, we haven't forgotten SPS and I look forward to covering that on the 20th of November when it happens and I'm sure they'll bring some very exciting news as well. Absolutely. But Peter, Philip, I thank you so much for being on and it's been an absolute pleasure and I'll see you at next year's Upfronts. Thanks, Thanks, Josh. Josh. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.